appreciate this great church. Appreciate all those that that took care of the service while we were gone. Thank you, Brother Wilson and Sister Allison for for ministering to the church. Amen. We had a good time at our home church and with my pastor and, and first lady, Sister Burke. And it's always a pleasure to to be with them and, and feel the love that they have for us. Before I go into the word, I do want to say. Uh, we are coming to the close or getting close to the end. We are trying to raise funds for, for our chairs. We are inching ever so closely towards that. Uh, if you have not turned in your, uh, your form of what you will be pledging, please get that to us so we can see kind of where we are. And uh, you can do this in honor of somebody or you can do it in memory if you have a a special someone in your life you wanted to uh, have a memorial to you can do that but we we are needing these back pretty quickly so we can know exactly where we stand yes baby right you don't have to have the money but please turn in the forms of what you're going to commit to so we can kind of see financially where we are and we've had corporations that have kicked in we've had many many saints that have kicked in some that are outside of the church that have have kicked in and we're we're inching closer to that goal but uh, our goal is to be able to take care of this within the next month and remove the pews and and have new chairs for everybody an exciting time and looking forward to it There you go. You got a family member you've been praying for, been wanting to get to the church? In faith. In faith. My baby's going to be sitting in this chair someday. In faith, my mom or dad's going to be sitting in this chair someday. Amen. That's, that's good. Thank you to everybody that has committed to this. And thank you for catching on to the burden and the vision of, of this, is, this is the future, church. We're going to be growing. We're going to be growing, and I want these people to come in. I want them, want them to be comfortable. If you have your Bibles, turn to, with me to the book of Hebrews. I almost said the page. I'm on page 1999. Hmm. I'm going to party like it's 1999 today. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 12. We'll read verses 14 and 15. Follow peace with all men. I'm Brother, Brother Wilson, God did it again. You just kind of laid the foundation. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Don't tell me that following after holiness is important. Don't, don't, don't tell me that, that this holiness stuff doesn't mean anything. Don't, don't tell me that, that trying to live a righteous life means anything. Scripture says to follow after it. Go after it. Because if you don't, it says no man's shall see the Lord. 15, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and therefore many. I want you to look at that. Because of some of a root of bitterness springing up in them, look who's going to be affected by that bitterness. Not just the person that the bitterness is, is springing up in, but it says uh, springing up trouble you and thereby many many will be defiled 
So I'm going to preach for, for just a little bit on this, this thought, this message. What's under the hood? What's under the hood? Father, in your name, I feel your presence in here, God. Lord, I pray your anointing over the word. I pray, God, that you will have your perfect will speak through me, God. I cannot do this on my own, but I need you today. May you be glorified in Jesus' name, I pray. Come on, put your Bibles down. Clap your hands one more time. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I remember growing up as a child of the 70s. And one of the things that all the guys around me and including myself, we had a fatuation with the 70s muscle cars. Come on, growing up in the 70s, I got to see as some of my family members had, had the road runners and they had, they had the Mustangs and they had all the fast cars and there was a, just an infatuation as a young man growing up in the 70s. We just like cars, not just any cars. We like fast cars. We like cars that will leave smoke uh, uh, on the wheels and we like cars that, <coughs> that will just be able to just zip down the highway. I remember going from, from uh, Granite City to Springfield, Illinois, going to see Lincoln's house and all that. And I was in my brother-in-law's car. He had a, uh, a Plymouth Roadrunner. And I kid you not, that thing was doing, we were doing 100 and 120. Of course, back then, speed limit was 90 miles an hour. So we can get there pretty quickly. So we got from Granite City to Springfield just like that. But it was that infatuation with the muscle cars is, is what we had. And before I even got my driver's license, uh, my good friend Mike, who lived down the road, was the first one to get, get a car. And, and, and he got a 1976 Grand Torino. And for those of you that don't know, your 40 and unders may not know. But a Grand Torino, if I say the, the show Starsky and Hutch, you'll know what I'm talking about. It looked just like Starsky and Hutch, and, and he had this car, and he started uh, 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 just tricking it out, and he had the Krager wheels on the side, and, and he had the Jensen triaxle speakers in the back hooked up to that brand-new Pioneer AM-FM 8-track player. He had chrome under the hood. He had the chrome valve covers. He had the chrome, the chrome air cleaner, the breather, and, and it was all was nice and every time we went out for a drive as soon as we got back guess what he did he popped the hood and he wiped off that engine he wiped off that chrome and he he cleaned that car but but as people would come and look at it they weren't particularly interested in, in what kind of wheels he had they weren't particularly interested in what kind of sound system do you got under it but it was always the same thing what's under the hood they weren't concerned with, with what it looked like, but they were concerned with the power that it had. They were concerned with, with what's exactly going on under there. So a couple years later, here I come with my Mustang, a 1978 Mustang II, inline, four-cylinder, stick shift on the floor, zero to 60 in five and a half minutes. No AC, AM radio only. So I popped the hood and they said, where's the other half of the motor? You got a lawnmower engine in here. So my best friend David uh, and my good friend Nathan Kessler, uh, they started it. Nathan had a 1974 Nova, Chevy Nova, that he put wheels as wide, I know, from here to that chair, man. They were huge. 
That thing was up this high, big fat wheels on the end. And David did the same thing, and he tricked out his car and the biggest wheels possible. And, and all the same thing. What you got under the hood? You know, you got the nice wheels. Let's see if you got something under hood that will power this thing. In fact, I went over we, last uh, week when we were visiting out of town, and we visited with, with Nathan and his wife and had a good time visiting with all of the, uh, the, the Kessler family. And uh, Nathan has now graduated. He's, he's no longer a Chevy guy, but he's a Ford guy, and he's got Ford Mustangs everywhere. He's got uh, uh, three Mustang uh, uh, 5.0s that he was working on. His son had one that they were just finishing up. There's an old 65 Mustang out in the driveway that uh, someday gonna be, they're going to work on. But he took me out to the garage. Now, you've got to understand it's like a four or five car garage. He's got every cool toy and, and, and tool and everything else there. But inside, he said, I want you to see my new, my, my latest toy. And he bought a 2019 Mustang. And I got in that thing. He said, go ahead, get in there and start that thing up. And I turned that thing on. It's one of those you push the button and the tree it's got different modes it's got regular street mode it's got a racing mode you push this button it goes in the racing mode I don't even know what racing mode is in a brand new car but it had it now I started that thing and it had the real really 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 cool sounding exhaust and it just made you want to get on the road and go I know I already got a speeding ticket hanging over my head I know I already got a court date ready for that, but I thought if I get in this car, there's going to be no, you know, that there's no stopping me. So I better just leave it here in the garage. But people wanted to, what's under the hood? And it's amazing to me that all of these guys, they, they concentrated on how fast I could get this car, how much I could work on this motor and change things and make it more like I want it, not just a regular street car to do 20. But let people know when I go by. <laughs> but there's something about the 70s muscle cars that all of us can appreciate. I'm, uh, I'm 56 years old today. Thank you very much. But driving a muscle car, working on a muscle car, doing that kind of stuff, no longer interests me. I like looking at them. I wouldn't mind driving one, but investing my money right now is something that, that I'm really not interested in. But to those that are, they will put good money in fixing that motor. They will put good money in making that exhaust sound just like that motor. See, Dad would get mad at me because I would just poke a hole in the muffler. And that, I had a 66 Chevy station wagon. That's how we made it sound cool. You just poke a hole in the muffler. What's wrong with my exhaust? I don't know, Dad, but it sounds really cool, don't it? <laughs> he had weak springs in the back. So Dad decided he couldn't afford new springs, couldn't afford to put it, so he had air shocks put on it. I don't know why when Dad got the car to go to work that all the air was put in the shock so it was kind of sitting like this. I don't know how it got that way. All right, I do know how it got that way. But there was something about that. And as we have entered in the new decade, and as we have entered into a new realm of craziness in our world, when we think it couldn't get more crazy, guess what? Turn on the TV, turn on the radio, listen to the news. It's getting crazy. 
I don't know what's coming down the pipeline. I don't know what's beginning to happen. All I know is God has called us to live a life of holiness and give him glory in our life. But let me say this. There's a lot of fakeness that is in our world right now. There's a lot of fakeness that goes on. So much that I can't, I don't know what's true anymore when it comes to the news. It's either way on this side or it's way on that side. And I have to decipher what is the truth. But there's a lot of fakeness that, is, that a world is, is living with, a lot of falseness. But the world is looking, really, for something that's real. And I want to say I am grateful to attend a church uh, where truth is preached uh, and where truth uh, is stood upon. Because the, in the words of Carmen, this thing is real. I want you to know if you have not experienced uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to know you're missing out uh, because this thing is real. When I say I feel a living God living deep down inside me, I want you to know that it is real. This thing is real. What you feel is a real God in this place. And I wouldn't want it any other way. But as long as I am alive and as long as I am preaching, truth will be preached across this pulpit. Because what is preached and what is practiced here at Truth Tabernacle, it is genuine. Reverend mentioned Oreo popcorn today. He struck a nerve. With, it does, Bailey. It sounds amazing. Stop it. Stop it. That I got a, a Hershey's syrup out. I seen the Hershey's chocolate. Do you know what it says on that genuine? It, it, it's not Bosco and it's not Nestle and, and it's not any of the off brands, but it says it's the genuine chocolate. Now you got me at Hershey's chocolate. I don't need all that frou-frou, this filled, that filled. No, just give me a Hershey bar and this pastor's happy. But let's get some things straight. Let's settle the issue here today that this church is not here today because of me. This church is not standing be anything because of me. In fact, it's not standing because of any of the past pastors or preachers that stood behind this pulpit. But can I tell you, it's because of a grand design of God. Matthew 16 and 18 says, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. It's not Pastor Hiles church. It's not this church but he said I will build my church and that's not the end of the story the gates of hell shall not prevail against it can I say the devil may try to stop truth tabernacle the devil may try to tear this church apart but he's not going to because God said I will build my church in Pontiac Illinois I will build my church at 1221 North Aurora Street and the very gates of hell will not prevail against it and let's get one thing clear that God is not much concerned with how much hair I have because it's not it seems to be going away 
God is not much concerned with how good I look in the brand new suit that I might get. God's not real concerned with how I'm looking on the outside, but God is looking at the inside. He's looking at you right now. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes you have on right now. Is it new? Is it old? Is it bought or it's borrowed? That does not matter one bit. But what God is looking for right now is what's going on under that hood. What's going on underneath and what's going on right here deep down inside. So I asked the question, what's under the hood? Huh. I say this, this, this message, I'm preaching to somebody. Young people, you be careful who you hang around with. You be careful who you call your close friends. You be careful with the words that they're imparting in you because I've seen pleasant, very nice people on the outside, but deep down on the inside, when you start peeling that onion back, is a mean-spirited person. What I would call facade Christians. They look the part on the outside. But the inside does not match how they portray on the outside. People acting like they, they have a Hemi under the hood, but underneath they just got a five horsepower lawnmower engine. But the scripture says, church, that you shall receive after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The world may not see it at looking at us. And on the outside, we may look like a bunch of weaklings. And, and the devil may try to make you think that you are a weakling. But Sister Sandy, deep down inside, there's real power that scares all of hell. If we could just realize the potential and the power that we have deep down inside, there shouldn't be any devil that scares us. There shouldn't be any sickness that scares us. There shouldn't be any infirmity that scares us because you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In Matthew 23, 27, Jesus said these words, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. I, I liked how Jesus just pointed the finger. He just called them out. Here's who you are. Well, can't say that today. You know, that's offensive. You can't say that. For you are like unto whitewashed tombs, which in, uh, uh, they, on the outside it, it appears beautiful outward, but, but are within full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. I believe God has ordained this service for us to examine ourselves, to look deep down inside because you, you don't know what's going on here under the hood. I do. But I believe he's ordained this service for this church for a self-examination. For God wants to start working on the inside so it could start working on the outside. When you look at the scribes of the Pharisees, they, they were the ones who were acting the part. They were the ones who prayed out loud. They were the ones made it look like they knew all the scriptures and had all the answers and they were the ones that they wanted everybody to 
look at them and look how holy we are and look how spiritual we are. Jesus called them out. Look at you. Nice in the front. Y'all are looking the part. But inside, I see what's going on. I see the true colors that you are. Hmm. Friendly in the front? Stab you in the back when you turn and leave. That's not an apostolic church, so thank God. Because Jesus said in, in Matthew 20, 23 and 28, even so, ye also are outwardly to appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and you're full of iniquity. Jesus looked at them, and now he's looking at us and saying, Church, what's under your hood? Church, what's going on deep down inside? How are you when nobody is watching? Listen, my integrity is not here because of what I do out in front. Of course, out in front of all y'all, we all act good. We don't, we, we're not going to be mean to anybody here. I'm not going to say anything harsh right here. But boy, when I'm all alone in my house, when I think nobody is watching, when I think nobody is listening, that's where integrity steps in. What I do behind closed doors, not what I do in front of the church, but what do I do at my job? What do I do in my office? What do I do in my motel room when nobody's watching? That's where integrity steps in. But God is saying, what is going on right here because I've seen people who I thought were 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 good good people they 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 looked the part but but inside was real anger issues a spirit of of negativity they they had a spirit of of fault finding and, and a very selfish nature but the outside is polished very nicely I just wish I could get rid of this belly right here so I, I could have a nice polished outside. But Jesus said underneath that facade, underneath all what's going on up, up here is something that he said stinks. He said you're full of, of, of dead man's bones. We went to one of my customers and uh, he's an HVAC guy slash dog breeder. I, I had to drag my wife out of that place. <laughs> As all of these, I was surrounded by all of these dogs. And he had a hundred dogs behind the house, all in kennels. He had golden retrievers. And he had German shepherds. And he had uh, of the, just everything imaginable there. And uh, she brought out these, these little chihuahua, uh, chihuahua, I guess that's how you say it. This, this, little, this little boogly-eyed little puppy. I was more interested in the chickens. He had a chicken coop 
right there, man. And I'm thinking, well, I'm get me some brown eggs. She, you know, we're, we're feeding the, we have, we carry, we carry biscuits, these little dog biscuits in my truck in case we have a customer with dogs and, and we're feeding them. And I'm looking up at all these chickens, but something caught my eye in the chicken coop, brother Wilson was a, a, a chest or a court, what was left of a deer, the ribs of a deer. I said, these are some pretty mean chickens. They killed a deer. <laughs> these are some pretty tough chickens. I want some of their eggs. I said, what's up with the bones in the, in the chicken coop? He had one in the duck coop, and, I, and he says what that is. They place that there for the, the chickens to peck at the flesh that's left for protein over the winter. And so when spring comes, they start laying eggs. They, they lay better eggs, but that's a protein that helps them throughout the winter. I thought that's very interesting, but the one thing that really stuck out to me is I bet in the end of the summer that that thing starts to stink. You ever come across in the woods or something and, and, and it, there, there's a dead carcass of whatever it used to be, and then that sun, it just bakes it, and, and that sweet aroma of death hits you. But that's what Jesus is saying is going on right here. That you may look good on the outside, but, but what he sees on the inside stinks to him. Because there's a stinky attitude that's deep down inside. It's, it's a bitterness that, that is beginning to, to rise up that is turning into hatred. It, it's holding a grudge against my brother or sister or withholding forgiveness from somebody. I'm glad that doesn't affect any of us here in the church. But what's under the hood, Jesus is saying today. I tell you what should be there. If you lift that hood up, somebody should be seeing love. They ought to be seeing joy. They ought to see peace. They ought to see long-suffering and patience, gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness, temperance. That's what Jesus is looking for when we open up that hood. The problem is what he's seeing is hatred and bitterness. Worry and anxiety and depression, impatient. I want it my way mentality. People with, with, with evil intentions, mean-spirited, feeding negative comments to good people, disrupting and, and corrupting their minds, full of pride, always right, having to prove that they're right. I think it's more pressure on the person who has to try to prove that they're right all the time. I'm just trying to keep my head forward and get into the next day to try and prove that I'm right and trying to do all these things to, to let everybody know that I'm right. How many? You 40 nunners, you won't know. We came across a show that I never watched as a, as a kid that I came across me and my wife and it just cracks me up. Little, it can be offensive. But all of the family, Archie Bunker, he had no clue what he was talking about, but boy, he sure came across like he knew exactly what he's talking about. And the very thing that he called everybody, sometimes they people called him, you, sir, are a meathead. <laughs> people that, that want that appearance that, that they are right and they are always right but here's the spirit behind it not willing to admit 
when they're wrong or admit a fault. Listen to what Paul said was under some people's hoods. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verses 9 through 11, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. These people that think that they can come to church and live any way possible and live any way. I, I can go to church and feel the presence of God and just live any way. Paul says that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor coveters, nor drunkards, nor revilers, or those who abuse abusive language, those who will verbally abuse somebody, those who will try to put people in their place, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's what's under some people's hoods. But I like what he said after that. And such were some of you. We were all guilty of that at one time. We were all like that B.C., before Christ. But ye are washed. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for his forgiveness. But ye are sanctified. Can I get a Holy Ghost amen? But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. The problem is that after God cleans us up and after God gets us going straight, we allow the filth of the world. We allow the filth of the world to settle in under the hood. See, my dad didn't like to open up the hood of our 66 Chevy Bel Air 283 small V8 engine because it blew oil out the valve covers it blew oil at that time it had a, a breather cap sitting on a long tube it, it had oil covering that and no matter how much I would take it to the car wash steam that thing after about a month you will pop open the hood and guess what it's filthy again. It's dirty again. You want to know why it's dirty again? Because we didn't fix the problem. The valve covers leaked. We didn't fix that problem. The radiator had a small leak in the top of it, and we didn't fix that. So why are we surprised that when we pop the hood that it's no longer clean? I'm, I'm ministering somebody that, that is struggling internally and, and you wonder why things are a mess. It's because we can only do so much. God has to clean us up from the inside. But if we still allow the same junk that we look at, the same stuff that we talk about, the same stuff that we focus our attentions on. Listen, as Reverend spoke today, we're not here to fight against one another. We're not here to talk against one another. We're not here, but we're here as a team to pray for one another and to uplift. Because there's going to be a time when you fall, you're going to need a brother or sister to help you up. There's going to be time where I'm going to fall and I need a church praying for me because we're all in this together. But we wonder why we pop the hood and, and all of this mess is under there and all this filth and all of this. Well, what have you been looking at? What have you been watching? What have you been listening to? Who have you been talking to? Feeding you all of this negativity. Feeding you all of this filth. Be careful. Yeah. 
who you take counsel with. Be very careful with who you listen to. They may be a good friend, but if they're not giving you godly counsel, they're not giving you scripture, you need to beware of them. So what happens is people just simply keep that hood closed. Problem I'm having, Brother Larry, with all these brand new cars, I, I, you, you know what's funny is you can pop the hood underneath the, the, the dash, click, but then you got to go under the hood and you got to try and find that little lever and, and does it go this way, that way, and you're looking and trying to find out and, and, and figure out how to open the hood. But some people just simply keep the hood closed. I'll ignore that check engine light that just sees flashing at me. Isn't that pretty? I don't know what that means, but boy, it's just it's keeping time with the music. <laughs> we keep the hood closed and just hope no one finds out. Had a good guy that I worked with down in St. Louis. I could tell wherever he parked his car. Because when he left, there's just puddles and stains and spots of oil that his motor leaked. We called this big old Buick car that went from here to the wall. We called it the Exxon Valdez. We called it the Valdez because wherever it went, it just left oil. So we finally had to ground him. You're parking here and you're parking here only. But God has designed this day for renewal, for restoration, for cleanup time, and for a redo. Because God wanted me to tell somebody right now, today is the day of salvation. Oh, I can ignore all that oil that I'm leaving behind. Oh, I can ignore that, that check engine light that, that keeps flashing. I can ignore all this and just hope that it goes away. That check engine light's on because of a reason. There's a problem somewhere. That oil that is being left behind is there because there's a problem. Oh, it'll eventually stop. When the engine seizes up. Because there's no more oil left. Oh, it'll eventually take care of itself. Well, when the engine finally breaks down and gives up the ghost. But if I respond now to the warning signs I'm seeing and get that taken care of and deal with the issue, then my vehicle is going to last a little bit longer. I don't have to worry about my wife driving down the road. Did I say Sister Hiles driving right now? Praise God. She's back behind the wheel. I don't know what's worse, what scared me more, her or Andrew getting behind the wheel. They're... But I don't want that vehicle to stop when she's driving it and I'm not around. God is saying we need to fix what's going on under here. Part of the problem is that we need just to admit, God, I do have a problem. I do have a situation. Lord, I need this taken care of. 
I need this taken care of because I don't want to break down in the midst of my journey and not make it to my destination. Church, your destination doesn't end here on earth. Your destination is when we walk through those pearly gates together. When we can worship our God arm in arm. That's the destination. You know how much it must break God's heart to see people that prayed at Pentecost altars. That have prayed through to the Holy Ghost. Who have been baptized in the water in Jesus name. That come this close but just miss heaven because I'll be okay. The bitterness that sprung up. Some issues that they kept under here. How much must it break his heart knowing we are so close to heaven. We are so close to that trumpet sounding. But there are good people that are just simply giving up or letting what's going on under here go ignored. Stand with me if you will. Listen, this message isn't because you're backslidden. This message is not given to point a finger. Because I think we can all say, I need God to work on something in my life. I'm not perfect, but God, that imperfection you need to work on. God, that, that issue that I have, that that anger issue that that bitterness that that is there God I I want you just to pop that hood open God and I want you to take care of that help me God to overcome that and God not only take care of it but God help me in the future not to let that stuff back in I feel somebody's faith rising up right now I feel your spirit God did. He knew ahead of time that we were going to fail, that we were going to stumble, and that we were going to have problems and issues. That's why he hung on the cross to give us grace, to give us mercy. Right now, with your eyes closed, Father, we are here in your presence. We are just an imperfect people in need of grace, God. Lord, help me stop the ears of those that want to speak negative things about my church and about my brothers and sisters. Lord, help me to keep my mouth closed, not to join in. I don't want to be the source of that knife going in somebody's back, God. Lord, I want love. I want your joy and peace to grow right here. Open up these altars. If you want to come pray, let God work on you. There's some areas in your life you're wanting God to take care of. He's here right now. Come on, church. What's under that hood that needs to be worked on right now? 
the master mechanic is waiting to take care of whatever need that you have in this place today.